Hi, and welcome to the White Hill podcast series. My name is Roger. I'm one of the pastors here at White Hill, and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to one of the podcast messages today. Our prayer is that you would be challenged and inspired to take the next steps in your journey with God as you listen to this message. If you want to keep in touch with more things that are happening at Whitehill, head to our website at whitehill.church and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Enjoy this message now. We're going to have a Bible reading now before Francois comes to share with us. It's from Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Feel free to join, but it's on the screens also. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Please welcome Francois. I'm taking that really personally. The South Africans on stage, so don't clap. It's fine. It is great to be with you this morning. And what a beautiful moment we just had with Betty. I, was, I always cry during baptism, so I was having my emotional moment back at the back. So, so the other day I had this great opportunity to go to the Gold Coast, which is great for a conference, so it was a work holiday. Got the opportunity to go to an alpha conference, which was, it was pretty amazing. It was hosted at the Mantra, Tweed Heads, just so you guys can drool a bit. And um, all expenses paid, I just had to get there. And I mean, tough times, it's tough being a pastor sometimes. Um, But really excited, there were about 60 leaders at this conference, and I didn't know any of them. Being from South Africa, I had my network of pastors that I knew and churches that I knew and contacts that I knew. And coming to Australia, I only know Roger and the team and a couple of guys from the Kenmore Church of Christ that we actually met in a small event over there. So pretty much have no real contacts in Australia. And um, so everyone's walking into the mantra while everyone's checking in and... um, It's about two hours drive from here. You guys that have been there would probably know. So on my way there, I said, well, this is is a great time to pray. And I said, well, God, this is exciting. I've I've never been to Tweed Head, so that's, first of all, a tick off the list. Things to do in Australia, go to Tweed Heads, I guess. (laughs) And um, so I get there, and everyone's checking in. But on my way there, I said, God... I don't know anyone, so can we please avoid any awkward conversations? <laughs> any awkward encounters, like, that would be amazing. You know, and I've, I'm pretty serious about this chatting to God and saying, please, that would be amazing. And um, so, walked into the foyer, and everyone was standing there, and I recognized a couple of leaders from photos that I saw, because you had to stalk a couple of people just to make sure that... <laughs> I'm at the right place, and um, everyone's standing in line waiting to check in, and everyone knows each other. 
60 people all bundled up in their own little groups, chatting away, waiting in, in the line to, to check in. And I walk through the door and I know no one. So I was doing, I, I thought, well, let's do the default thing. Pulled out my phone. <laughs> you know, trying my best to look busy and important. And um, there was a holdup in the queue, so the queue wasn't moving. And after a while, I realized I can only scroll so much. <laughs> I only have so many friends on Facebook, and I've seen everything three times now. So, like, <laughs> let's just put the phone back again, or back down again in the pocket. And um, so I went back to, you know, scanning the room, looking important, a nice nod every now and then, and, you know, and... Um, trying my best not to look like this awkward flower. And um, I scanned the room and I saw one of the leaders that I recognized because with my stalking abilities, I found this guy that um, he's one of the guys hosting this conference and I recognized him, his name's Ben. I actually went and followed him on Instagram and um, I see Ben on the other side of the room and it's, it's great. And um, Ben looks in my direction and I'm like, this is it. This is my moment. Um, I followed him on Instagram, like I mentioned, and he must have had a look at my profile, so I think he's recognized me. And I confidently waved back, and just like this beautiful moment, like in the movies, you know, it's, you know. And um, my, uh, it was this amazing moment. Ben waving, I'm waving, and this girl walking past me waving. <laughs> And my prayers turned into something like, if the, if the earth could swallow me whole right now. <laughs> like, this was exactly the first, I mean, I prayed, hoping that this would not happen, coming to this conference, and, you know, this is how it starts. I, I, I had the nerves, obviously, walking in there with my wonderfully delicious broken English, and um, meeting new leaders, wondering, what am I going to say, how am I going to express myself, and... I had all these doubts and all these fears and nerves and zero confidence, uncertainty. I mean, in the presence of a, a couple of great leaders that attended the conference and almost having a feeling of worthlessness or inadequacy. And sometimes we, when it comes to approaching God, and today's theme is how to approach God, but sometimes when we approach God, we also tend to feel like this sometimes, worthless, maybe ashamed or not good enough, uncertain, wondering how should we do this, how should we approach this. And I wonder how many of us today feel like when it comes to prayer or, or coming to God in conversation, that it's a little bit awkward for us, or um, we feel a bit out of place, maybe lost for words or you know, filled with all kinds of fears, and just the feeling and the overall idea that we're not really sure how to approach God. We're in this week two of our prayer conversation series, and today we're going to look at how we can approach God when it comes to our prayer life. And I didn't know how to approach this conference. I asked God, help me, and my approach probably was right, but it was the wrong result. But in the end, when I, I had similar feelings when going to this conference, I didn't know how to approach it. And sometimes people may experience the same when it comes to prayer. Is God approachable? 
What must I say or how must I say it? Or when I pray, do I need to use a, a different tone of voice? Or, uh, and the Bible has some amazing verses to help us and to guide us when it comes to praying and approaching God. So how then do we approach God? First of all, we should be clear that the only way we can approach God is through Jesus. Jesus brought God near. Sin affected us by separating us from God. And we read about this in Isaiah 59 verse 2 where it says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. But there's good news. God sent Jesus to deal with the issue of sin. God sent Jesus to do away with sin. And in Hebrews 9.26 we read the following. He has appeared once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus restored the connection between us and God. Unfortunately, we still live in this broken world and our brokenness and our blurry view of God sometimes causes us to approach God with uncertainty. It causes us to, to wonder, am I doing it right? Or am I following the right steps? Or am I worthy? Our sin and our weaknesses sometimes causes us to not even approach God at all because we feel guilty. So often our brokenness and shortcomings become this massive hurdle and we miss out on this amazing, amazing relationship and prayer life with God because of things holding us back. But Jesus came and he restored this connection between us and God and not only that, not only did he take care of sin, but he also placed us in right standing with the Father. Other than that, Jesus does more. So Hebrews 4.14 tells us, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, and let us hold fast our confession. So, I met this guy called Skip. In Australia, everyone's got nicknames. I'm Frank, I've heard. Because no one can... Uh... So I met this guy called Skip. He's this Aussie bloke. Wonderful guy, great musician, pastor. Um, and he heads up a lot of the alpha stuff in Australia. And when we emailed each other over a period of time before, um, before this conference... Um, he said, well, let's grab a lunch together. And th the weirdest thing, he's like, let's grab lunch together over email. I'm shouting. And I'm wondering, what are you shouting about <laughs> over an email? <laughs> so we met for lunch, and it was great. He exposed me to all weird Vietnamese food luxas and some bubble tea stuff with weird jelly stuff in. And it was, the conversation was good, but... At the end, um, he said, well, Francho, we've, we've, got, we've got this conference coming up, and someone pulled out. It's all expenses paid. Do you want to go? That was my invitation to the conference, which was great. Unfortunately, Skip wasn't in the foyer when I arrived there. <laughs> but he did arrive a bit later. But Skip knew that I knew nobody. Skip knew my story. He knew where I was from. Um, and what Skip, was, what Skip did was amazing. When Skip arrived eventually, Skip introduced me to people. 
He, he opened up opportunities for me to, to get connected. He stood in the gap for me, but well, between me and other people. He stood in the gap and helped me connect with other people. And Jesus does something similar in our relationship with God. Throughout the book of Hebrews, the high priesthood of God or of Jesus is exalted. And in verse 14, he's called the great high priest. The priests of, of ancient Israel were appoint, appointed by God as the sort of me, mediators between God and himself, or God and his people. Um, only the high priest could offer the highest sacrifice under the old covenant. And they only did that once a year on the Day of Atonement. So all the sins of the people were brought symbolic, symbolically to the, to the Holy of Holies, where blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat as a sacrifice to atone for them. And as no other human instrument could, only the priest could represent God before the people and the people before God. So to enter through the, to the Holy of Holies, the priest had to pass through three areas of the temple. First, he took the blood and he went through the door to the outer court, and then through another door to the holy place, and then through the veil into the Holy of Holies. And that was, that was where God's presence was poured out. So... He went in there, he made the, the sacrifice, he didn't sit down or delay or anything, he made the sacrifice, and as soon as the sacrifice was made, he left, and, they, and he didn't return for another year. Every year, year after year, another sacrifice was necessary. Between these yearly sacrifices, day after day and week after week, there were other sacrifices made of produce or of animals, but the process was never ended, never completed. Because the priesthood was not perfect and the sacrifices were not perfect. But Jesus, our great high priest, made this one time perfect sacrifice on the cross. Jesus went to God, to where God himself was. Not simply just his glory in the temple, like the priests did. But Jesus went to God himself was. And the great thing is Jesus, Jesus didn't have to leave. His sacrifice was made once for all time, and the sacrifice was perfect, and the high priest was perfect, and he sat down for all eternity at the Father's right hand. We read that in Hebrews 1.3. Our great high priest passed through the heavens like the scripture said, and when he got there, God said to him, my son, I'm satisfied. Jesus accomplished the atonement for sins for all time, for everyone who came to him by faith and accept what he did for them. And we have this perfect, great high priest that has already made once and for all the only sacrifice that's, that will ever be needed for sin, the only effective sacrifice that could be made. So what's the result of this? When we think of prayer conversations and how we approach God, what is the result of what Jesus did as a great high priest? The result of this is that we have direct access to God. When we pray, we pray directly to God. We can be assured that because of Jesus, we are connected to God. Similar to what Skip did in mediating conversations between me and people that I didn't know, Jesus came and he opened up this connection for us to have access to God and to connect with God. Secondly, we see that prayer is transformed by the knowledge that God understands our situations. 
at this conference. There were obviously times when I found myself alone in a room. Obviously, Skip couldn't be with me the whole time. He had to also connect with some other leaders. So there were times during session breaks or whatever that I would find myself alone again. Although I, had, I did pick up a couple of other relationships and connections, but there were times where <clears throat> pulled out the phone again, wondering if my wife maybe sent me a text that I can reply on or just trying to look busy. But although Skip connected me with people, Skip also understood my position. Skip understood my feelings and my emotions, everything I went through, the uncertainty, and whenever Skip saw me alone, standing there in the corner trying to look busy, Skip pulled me into a group or pulled me into a conversation or came and stood next to me and, you know, chatted away. And similarly, Jesus understands where we're at. Not only does he connect us to God, he understands where we're at. He understands what we're going through. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our emotions and our, our shortcomings and our fears. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Most people, think, most people seem to think that God is, a, is far and he's, he's so um, removed from human life and, and our concerns, but Jesus was the very son of God. Yes, his, yet his divinity did not prevent him to experience our feelings and our emotions and our temptations and pain. And God became man. Jesus shared in our temptations and testings and sufferings in order that he might be sympathetic. I should just get my English words straight. In order for him to understand. So when we are troubled, when we are hurt, when we are despondent or strongly tempted, Usually in my life, when I'm upset or I'm going through things, I want to chat to someone that's been through the same things. Is it just me? It's always great sitting down with someone they've already had that experience, and you can just feed off them and, and hear how they handled it and how they can just be there for you. Jesus can sympathize, sympathize with our weaknesses. <laughs> the phrase, no one understands like Jesus is simply true, and it's absolutely true. Jesus is not only perfectly merciful and faithful, but also perfectly understanding of what you are going through. He has unequaled capacity for understanding in every situation. In every trial, in every situation, he's there, and he's been there. At the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus' body shook in grief. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was scared before he was arrested. He experienced every kind of temptation and testing, every kind of change, every kind of circumstance that every per, any person will ever face. And now he is there at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. This is powerful. When we pray, we know that Jesus is there talking to the Father, saying, I know what he's going through. I've been there. I know what he's experienced. I know what he's experiencing. I've been there. I've experienced the brokenness and sorrows of life. Father, I understand. I sympathize. 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 I'll get that right. Jesus not only had all the feelings of love 
and concern and disappointment and grief and frustration, but much more than that. Infinitely higher standards of righteousness and perfect awareness of evil and the dangers of sin. He experienced every temptation to the maximum and experienced it as a man, as a human, in every way. And the only difference was that he didn't sin. And therefore, we can come to Christ knowing that he's been there. The writer of Hebrews is saying that not only do we have a God who is there, we have a God who's been there. I'm just going to say this again. Not only do we have a God that's there for us, but we have a God that's been there and experienced it. Weaknesses does not refer directly to sin, but more to feebleness or infirmity, and it refers to the natural limitations that we have as humans. But Jesus knew firsthand the drive of human nature towards sin. Some might wonder how Jesus can completely identify. Maybe you've wondered about this. How can Jesus completely identify with us if he didn't actually sin as we do? Has anyone ever thought of that? You see, it's, it was Jesus who faced sin with his perfect righteousness and truth, but that is, however, that qualifies him. Merely experiencing something does not give an understanding of it. If you go for a surgery, you don't understand it, but you experience it. On the other hand, a doctor may perform thousands of complicated and successful operations, but never had the surgery himself. It is his knowledge of the disease or or disorder or his surgical skills in treating that qualifies him. Not him having the disease. He has great experience with the disease, much greater experience with that of his patients. And similarly to that, Jesus never sinned, but he understands sin better than any other man. He has seen it more clearly and fought it more diligently than any of us could ever do. If you want to talk to someone who knows about sin, talk to Jesus. Jesus knows sin, and he knows and understands our weaknesses. When you're, when you're ever experiencing grief, talk to Jesus. He's experienced grief. Maybe you're feeling like a failure. Know that Jesus knows exactly what that feels like. If you're feeling tempted, talk to Jesus. Jesus knows exactly what that feels like. Maybe you're experiencing disappointment. Talk to Jesus. It's all about prayer conversations. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in a time of need. And verses 14 and 15 leads to this climax, sort of this realization of verse 16, that we can approach God with confidence in prayer. We can be certain that God listens, that he hears our prayers, and that we can confidently approach him in prayer. Now, if you had to think of someone really famous in Australia, I don't know, like who's, who's famous in Australia? Anyone? Don't you guys have any famous people here? Like <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yeah, okay, well, we've got someone. Maybe if you, if you had to think of someone famous, maybe a world leader or a politician or celebrity or a sports person. I mean, I've had experience. I love sport and I've been to loads of games, cricket games or rugby games. And 
I've had the greatest experience where I walked up to someone famous and got a signature and also had the greatest of disappointments when I couldn't even get anywhere close. Um, most ancient rulers were unapproachable by common people. Some would not even allow their highest ranking officials to even get close to them without permission. So since arriving in Australia, which today is six months ago, which is awesome, something that we certainly had to get very acquainted with was the importance of the queen and the royal family. <laughs> there are days named after her, streets, parks, in every town, there's the same park called Queen Park or Queen's Park or whatever. I even watched the Jubilee the other day, and we, we certainly had to do our homework in knowing who the Queen is and, and her role in Australia. Um, but as the Queen, no one can just approach her and sit down and have a tea with her. You'd get flattened by security guards, like, you won't even get close. You really need to be someone important to meet the Queen. You'll probably need an invite of some sort, and even then, the meeting would be really quick and surrounded with um, guards that make her even more unapproachable. And you won't, definitely during COVID times, you'd definitely not be able to shake her hand. But yet, any person, no matter how sinful, how undeserving, may approach God's throne at any time for forgiveness, for salvation, confident that you will be received with mercy and grace. You can come as you are, whenever you want, wherever you want. And how amazing is that? Or like an Aussie would say, how good is that? <laughs> By Christ's sacrifice of himself, God's throne of judgment turned into a throne of grace. And as the Jewish high priest once a year for centuries had sprinkled blood on the mercy seat for people's sins, Jesus shed his blood once and for all for everyone who believes in him. And that is the perfect provision of Jesus. We have the gift of grace. It is because of this gift of grace that any person can now come with confidence and assurance to the throne of grace because grace is dispensed there. 1 John 3, we read the following. See what love, or what great love, the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. The Greek word translated here, what great, is found only six times in the New Testament. And it always implies astonishment or adoration. What's interesting to note here is that John doesn't say, the Father loves us, because that would only be describing a condition. He says, the Father has lavished his love on us. And this turns or portrays an action. God did not become Father when he adopted us as children. God's fatherhood is eternal. And through Jesus, he is our Father. Through Jesus, we receive the Father's love and we are called children of God. And God extends His love to us through Jesus and we are called His children. We are called heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We are new creations. We are partakers of a divine nature, but more than any of the above, more significant than any title or position, is the simple fact that 
we are God's children, and He is our Heavenly Father. So how then do we approach our Heavenly Father? Without Jesus, we would be fatherless. But Jesus showed us that we can approach God as a child approaches his father. When Jesus teaches us to pray in um, Matthew 6, when he says, this then, this is how you should pray. Our father. He didn't say my father. He said our father in heaven. So at the end of this three-day conference, I had all the confidence in the world. The role that Skip played resulted in in me building some amazing connections with some leaders right across Australia. I walked in there with fears and with doubts and with uncertainty, but now I'm excited for the next conference because I can go to that conference with confidence that there's connection. I've built up connections and relationships, and from that understanding, I can go with confidence. I can go there knowing that These people understand who I am. They know where I come from. They know my story. And just like this conference experience, we can be assured that Jesus does the same for us. We can draw near with confidence because He understands us and He connects us to the Father and He knows who we are and He knows where we're at. And when we are filled with uncertainty, He will meet us there. And when we are ashamed or feel worthless, He understands. And we can have this confidence and this excitement every time we approach God. These guys at the conference, they know my broken English by now and they look past it. Jesus meets us where we are. And we can approach God in prayer knowing that all those other things are taken care of. You can just be it's one of the most, most amazing. Whew. Sorry. Grab the tissues. <laughs> one of the most ama- amazing feelings um, is knowing that I could sit down with my dad. We worked together for five years, the last five years. Sorry, this is going to get terrible now. (laughs) And it was the greatest thing for me to walk into his office, and not always just his office, just to walk to him and know that I can sit down and share my heart and have conversations. And he knows who I am. He knows where I'm at. These days, obviously, it's over video calls, so it's not the same. But the most amazing thing is that I can be confident that he will listen, that he loves me, that he wants the best for me, and that he understands. And this is the way we approach God, confident that he listens, that he understands, that he loves for a moment, just close your eyes. I don't know where you're at with your, with your journey and your approach to God. But maybe this morning is, 
is a time for you to just realize that you can approach God with confidence. That he understands. That, he's, that you can approach him with confidence knowing that he loves you. That he intercedes for you and that he is with you where you are. Maybe this morning is a, a turning point for you in your prayer life as you look towards prayer conversations. Just realizing that you can approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing that Jesus, our great high priest, has done everything and we can just simply be in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord, for this, this wonderful truth. Thank you for the person of Jesus Christ and the work that he's done for us to just be in your presence. That we can come as we are and that we can approach you knowing that everything is dealt with through Jesus. Thank you that you are a God who listens, that you are a God who cares, that you are a God who understands. And this morning, Lord, as we look at our conversations with you, may we draw near with confidence and know that you are our Father. May we just feel your arms around us, your embrace, your mercy and your goodness. Thank you for Jesus. We pray this. Thank you for listening today. If you live locally here in the Ipswich region, we would love to invite you to come and join us in person uh, here at one of our Sunday gatherings at Whitehill. Uh, for more information on our services or our ministries, head on over to our website at whitehill.church. If you're interested also in taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus, please also at our website, hit the connect button and let us know where you're at. We would love to catch up with you either over a coffee or on a phone call to chat with you about where you're at. We hope you've enjoyed watching this message and we pray that God would continue to bless you as you seek to seek Him in your daily life. God bless.